Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. Welcome to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast, now even more unstable. I'm Carlos at Equity Bruin on Twitter. Uh, I've got here with me Greg at Bananamorphs. I'm still sad. Still sad. Uh, No grapes, no Matthew Huberton today for this one, Uh, but we are joined by a special guest. She's a good friend of ours on Twitter. Her name is Jackie. You can find her on Twitter at JackieTao1. It's spelled kind of weird. J A C Q. U-I-E. Sorry, I didn't mean to call your name weird, but here I am. How you imagine a USC Stanford alum would spell Jackie. <laughs> yes, she is a... Slightly pretentious. That's right. Uh, she is a USC fan and a USC Stanford alum. She's also a lawyer. We had a really fun talk with Jackie on uh, Twitter Spaces. It was a blast. So we thought we'd have her here to talk uh, more realignment stuff. Uh, we're going to engage more of that discussion now. Uh, as I'm sure you are well aware, UCLA and USC officially going to the Big Ten, and the discourse on Twitter has been really hot. Uh, it's the only thing that Back 12 Twitter is talking about right now, and honestly, I, I personally feel like I have not had a full chance to process a lot of this out loud. There's just a lot of takes going on, so I thought we now that we've had about 48 hours to process and read other people's takes and hear other people's takes on this, I thought we'd take, uh, take some time to talk about this and bring Jackie in. So hopefully we uh, will get some to some uh, useful insight from here. Uh, we have a number of things. I have like a huge docket of shit to talk about. We'll talk about UCLA and UC- USC's prospects in the Big Ten. Uh, we'll talk about whether Oregon and Washington can save the conference still. We'll talk about Pac-12 expansion. We'll do a little bit of trivia. So much more stuff in between. But first, uh, our first topic of conversation that I thought we would get to today is the biggest villains in what is possibly the downfall and murder of the Pac-12 as a league. Uh, There's been a a ton of blame, I think, going on, uh, going around over the past 48-hour hours. Uh, A lot of villains. There's a lot of greed um, that people are hypothesizing has led to the death of the Pac-12. So I thought we could talk about who y'all's biggest villains are here. I'm going to take one off the board right off the bat because we talked about him uh, a lot. That's Larry Scott. Uh, we know that uh, many of his decisions are what led us directly to this moment right now. Um, we have talked about him ad nauseum. He's been talked about many, many, many other places as the primary culprit of this, the TV deal um, that he locked the Pac-12 into, gambling on the Pac-12 network, um, and sort of like, oh, well, we can own our own sort of, uh, you know, we can own the Pac-12 network, and we, oh, like, that's just backfired. So off the table already here is Larry Scott. Um, he's probably villain number one. He should be villain number one, two, and three. So uh, I wanted to hear from you all, other people who you think uh, are villains. Um, I want to know who you think is the most to blame for this whole ordeal. So uh, maybe we can just start with one, then we'll start start popping off names. And Jackie, let's let's start with you. Who is your number one villain and the death of the Pac-12? Well, I'm going to choose one of my own in terms of who the rest of the Pac-12 is to blame, and that's probably Mike Bone. The, I suppose he's now pretty tenured at USC, but the, the new-ish and first competent athletic director that uh, USC's had in probably two decades. Um, 
this is definitely his brainchild and his vision and his um, plan for USC. Um, I do think it was done out of necessity for um, due to the decisions of the Pac-12 network at large. But I think if you had to pick anyone who put this in motion, it would be him. Um, And him just recognizing the economics needed to change for USC to reach the potential um, that they want under the Lincoln-Riley era. Do you feel like uh, the other person that's kind of getting thrown around here is USC President Carol Folt. Um, That's a name that has also come up as a villain. Is that, uh, do you feel like this came more from like the, you know, in your reading of like message boards and shit like that, like more from Mike Bone, the athletic director, or more at, like at, at the top, like Carol Fult? I definitely think it came from the athletic department itself. I think the athletic department has set goals that, um, for, especially for the football program to be kind of the preeminent national program that they were in the mid 2000s. And that just requires different economics. So I think the tone, it comes from Mike Bone. But I, I have seen articles where it says Carol Fult was quite the assassin leading on all the other um, Pac-12 presidents and saying, oh, we're, we're good, we're, we're fine, we're staying, we're committed to this. And then just, you know, pulling out the shiv at the very last possible moment, um, which I have to respect. Yeah. Um, I have to respect that. Cold shit from both uh, USC and Very UCLA. Very lawyer- lawyerly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Greg, who's your biggest uh, villain in all of this? Who do you blame the most? For me, I don't know. For me, this villain might be as big as Larry Scott. Uh, it's it's Fox. Like, mm. this is their fault. I don't believe for a second that USC initiated this. Uh, and there were multiple people saying, like, people with legitimate sources saying that, like, uh, people were telling them that there's no way USC and UCLA initiated these talks. It was Fox coming to them and saying, hey, you know, we could do this. We could make you a lot of money. And then they accepted, you know, without Fox being, uh, without Fox wanting to put together a super conference in the Big Ten, I don't think this happens. Like, they're the driver here. It's like them and it's them and ESPN, you know, they're the ones that are the reason for the way college football is going. And so for me, they're the biggest villain here. Yeah, I I, uh, I, uh, I agree that Fox is probably public enemy number or should be public enemy number one among Pac-12 fans. Uh, we talked about this last time. Uh, ESPN played a pretty instrumental role in getting Texas and Oklahoma to move to the SEC. Like we talked about all the leaked documents that came out that – showed uh, ESPN execs pushing Texas and Oklahoma in that direction. Almost certainly Fox has done the same thing. Uh, we're in an environment right now where like the the networks, the TV networks hold an insane amount of power um, over what these athletic departments are doing. So I think they're one, I'll throw in, you know, I'll throw on the other side of this. I think UCLA is a pretty big villain. Um, I think UCLA might be, uh, the most shocking villain. You know, I think USC, we kind of knew, and Mike Bone had sort of been pretty, you know, like he had been like, we'll do whatever's best for USC. And that's very a very USC thing to do is, we're, we're going to do what's best for USC. We're our own thing. 
It's about us, you know, and that's that's kind of how it's, USC has always been. UCLA has not been like that. UCLA could have torpedoed this whole fucking thing and said, no, actually, we're committed to the Pac-12. Uh, we're committed to Cal. We're committed to sort of this organization and this tradition and this region and all of that stuff. UCLA could have been the stick in the mud, which would have prevented USC in some way from doing this. I don't know that USC goes and does this on their own. I'm not sure that they go and do this with Oregon. I actually think UCLA had some agency to be able to say, uh, hey, uh, they could have they could have leaked these conversations if they really didn't want to do this, right? They could have come out and said, uh, USC's in talks to, they, they could have leaked out that USC was trying to get out, um, that UCLA was uh, a reluctant participant, that they didn't want to do this. So I, I, I think that UCLA, uh, they they also, they, they went along with it uh, and clearly were enthusiastic partners in this, but I, I'd put them up there. I don't think they had any sort of power in this at all, honestly. Uh, if they had done all those things you said, don't think that stops USC from going at all. Uh, I agree. I agree with that. I, I think the writing was yeah, on the wall. None of that stops the people who matter from making that happen all of it like the reason usc like the only thing stopping usc from leaving was usc not wanting to leave and uh once they had the option they took it and i think ucla was lucky they had right of first refusal but i think usc absolutely would have gone with oregon if they had to uh i think once they made the decision they were gone i i especially if ucla leaked it because that would mean like it would be such a black mark on them to be like, oh, UCLA is not going with us. I guess we'll stay. Like They would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jackie. You were going to say something. No, I think it was uh, – I, I think the writing was on the wall that something dramatic either had to change in the Big 12 – or in the Pac-12 or USC was leaving, whether it was independent or going to a different conference. Um, the economics were just too much of a sore spot for USC um, in the way the Pac-12 has been distributing the meager <laughs> um, media um, you know, income that the league had been making. Um, and it just didn't align with where the athletic department wants to go. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I am of the belief that USC, I think, probably may have still gone. I, I, I think that them not taking UCLA with them, I think they might have... I don't know. I guess I just, I guess I'm just, I find it harder to believe that they would have gone without UCLA. And I think, I think, uh, we may not have seen it framed as USC was going to go, but UCLA told them no, and they decided not to. I think it may have been framed any number of way, uh, any number of ways. But I mean, I think, I think the point is though, I think both of the institutions were extremely greedy in all of this. And, and I think in, in, I get the sort of argument that, oh, USC and UCLA had to do this. I think any institution in that situation had to do this um, for their own survivability, their ability to keep up in the new college football landscape. But I maintain that they did not have to be the next dominoes to fall, and that no, they, they did totally not, could have waited. And they, yeah, they did not have the the next domino did not have to fall this summer. Would they have? They honestly probably could have been the last domino to fall, but they, but people would have waited on them. People would have waited on UCLA and USC to make their move because they are they are in the second 
second largest market in the United States. TV-wise, USC is a blue blood. UCLA, like, maybe their football brand is hurting right now, but, like, they're still a brand. We talked about it. Like, look at the buzz UCLA was getting when they were, like, 3-0 and or 2-0 and to start the non-conference season. Like, already the people were talking about them as a dark horse contender. That's the kind of shit that um, – that's the kind of brand shit that comes with being a, a, a UCLA. So they could have waited. They could have said, nah, we're just going to wait, and we're going to – let someone else be the greedy ones here. We're going to let Oregon and Washington be the greedy ones here and, and make them do that. Uh, they could have let the Big Ten try to go after one of the ACC schools or Notre Dame But the or ACC schools are locked into a contract that's really wrong, long, and it's going to be really hard to get out of. So they could have waited years, and nothing would have changed. Yeah. And I'm sure something would have happened, but, like, they they were not – they didn't have to be in a hurry to do this. Uh, I get why they did it earlier because, you know – that's you're, you're making that hundred million dollars every year that much sooner, but they could have waited without any, without anything much changing, like without getting left off the boat. Uh, nobody was ever going to leave them off. Yeah. Absolutely. Like if, if USC and UCLA are tied to the hip, there is no situation in college football that can happen that gets them left out. No. Absolutely not. They would have, they, uh, everyone would have been waiting on them. It's like, you know, NBA free agency. Uh, <laughs> uh, if when LeBron was like, LeBron James is a free agent, uh, no dominoes were falling until LeBron decided where he was going. Um, and then only then did it, uh, other things start happening. UCLA and USC were next in line. I, I struggled to figure out who else would have been next in line um, in that. It, like it was Texas and Oklahoma, but then who else, right? Michigan and Ohio State. Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the other one, yeah. Notre Dame is the other sort of domino. I still think that uh, UCLA and USC could have waited for Notre Dame to figure out their spot. I guess if you're UCLA, maybe there's some anxiety here that, like, can you get it, get a secure spot without USC? USC and Notre Dame could have teamed up and said, hey, we're rivals, we'll go in together. UCLA probably still would have ended up with USC or – you know, they would have ended up somewhere. I mean, I would not be shocked, and I think it would have been fascinating if the SEC was like, "We're gonna go uh, beyond this region, and we're gonna we're gonna get into LA, and we'll take UCLA." Uh, that that would have been, been interesting. A really, really funny alternate universe <laughs> where all the people who made fun of UCLA for having no attendance and stuff <laughs> suddenly UCLA joins them. That oh man, I'm sad this didn't happen. I'm really sad this didn't happen now because that would have been. Oh, that would have been. I, I want an SEC chant at the Rose Bowl. That would be so funny. <laughs> uh, any other uh, any other villains? So, but I have to disagree with you on the timing of it because this is where you get into all the boring legal legal mumbo jumbo that i think that's a good point the tv deal well and that's the big thing and so uh, apparently the big 10 deal is set to start next year or like the 2023 season for the big 10 right so they're in the midst of negotiating that and so i think that's part of why they took the opportunity to do that so this contract for however many years um is now counting in USC and UCLA joining. Um, I think that was a big driver. And then, uh, I mean, looking, I'm sure there were some internal contracts in the Pac-12 as they look to start negotiating the Pac-12 contract. 
uh, allegedly maybe at this point um, to be determined if that actually happens that they had that us that all the schools had to make a decision to buy into that negotiating table within probably the year so i think there i think time was kind of of the essence um in terms of those two items like whether there's a penalty on the pac-12 side but there's also an incentive on the big 10 side for this to be priced into that 2023 Big Ten contract. So. Yeah, I think that we t- and we talked about this on Twitter Spaces uh, yesterday that uh, the timing of it, you know, because I think Oregon fans were like skeptical of the timing of it and they sort of feel like they were a little left out. I think they're kind of hurting because I think they genuinely believe they were the biggest brand in the Pac-12. And like, I understand they do. Yeah, I understand where that's coming from. But I think the hardest thing for people to swallow, not just Oregon fans, but everyone is that your recent performance matters so much less than any of the other things that are going on in the landscape right now, such as your media market, such as your brand. Um, all of that sort of stuff. But the timing kind of came out that like, uh, I think this is, uh, I have the tweet here, it was reported by um, CBS Sports that June 30th uh, would have been the last day USC and UCLA could inform the Pac-12 they intend on leaving the conference if they want to avoid potential additional financial penalties. Uh, And then obviously, right, there was, it came out that the Big Ten delayed their um, TV negotiations in May, which now suddenly looks, uh, you know, tracks yeah, with where, where we were coming a lot more money yes so uh but here's the thing is that um yes that made sense for the timing but like the big 10 wasn't going to lock itself into a 10-year contract the way that the acc has uh the big 10 the was, acc is fucking stupid the, yeah. a, the acc fucked up uh by having their contract goes to 2036 it's oh, gonna then take, again that might keep clemson there for longer that's the thing. it was genius it, it's yeah. genius on the part of the acc right and their survivability but but it's going to that you know yeah. people are going to try to get out yeah. of that Definitely. but but the thing is USC and UCLA could have waited for the next Big 10 TV contract they could have waited 3 years uh you know however long if these things are like i don't know 6 7 8 years they could have waited a couple of years uh in, and again they were not going to get left behind UCLA is maybe at risk a little bit of getting left behind but I there think were if they're tied with USC and i feel like at this point we know they are they totally we're never in danger. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I mean... I think USC feels urgency. Yeah. Fair. That's true. I think USC feels urgency, though, to make the Lincoln-Riley era work. Like, they're paying all this money to him for 10 years. Like, they want to have the resources. I think it became... I think it's become... From a USC fan perspective, I think it's become clear that you... The school has to have a plethora of financial resources to compete. And I think, you know, USC, there's, there's pockets to, to ruffle, but it makes it easier if you're just, if, if it's self-perpetuating, if the program is bringing in the money and spending the money. And I think it, it became clear that the money they were making from the PAC 12 was insufficient um, to compete against Ohio State against, I don't know, Texas A&M allegedly. I'm still skeptical that yeah. <laughs> that's all going to work. But they certainly have money. So, yeah. Um, they, yeah. I think that matters. Uh, and, I, and I definitely think USC is a bit, is, is uh, on a trajectory right now to uh, 
redeem itself for the past 10 years of uh, wild mismanagement. Um, yeah. It really seems like this has been one hell of a six months. I mean, this all happened in about six months. Eight months. Uh, when did Lincoln Riley? Yeah, yeah, about six. Uh, he, he came on, what, January? It was... End of no end of end of November. End of November. Oh wow, it's been a while. Yeah, so yeah, eight months. Hell of a past eight months for USC. Uh, so definitely, I mostly I think though I think it's it's still greed. <laughs> it's still UCLA and USC leaving, uh, knowing that they were going to put everyone else in a in a horrific position. So okay, any other villains before we move on? I think we covered most of them uh, i guess you could make texas and oklahoma a villain for doing this all setting this all maybe in motion. the real villains are the friends we made along the way <laughs> i don't know we've made no friends oh we've made a we made a few big 10 friends oh yeah i think if you're an oregon fan you, you gotta be a little frustrated with your leadership for not you know seeing the writing on the wall or or trying to you know you gotta be i don't know if they had the option you don't think they had the option i mean these things are naturally all kept tight they're i mean like everything is you don't you never know it until the schools are ready for you to know it but the way things seem to be coming out now is that oregon and washington getting on in seems to be contingent on notre dame also getting in and so like i don't know i don't think they had the uh golden ticket the usc and ucla have do you think if oregon uh, if oregon because it sounds to me like ucla usc reached out oregon and washington just did not think to do it until after we learned about well UCLA see i don't USC think usc and ucla did i think fox reached out to them mm, yeah and so they were like oh right. cool we can have this money i don't think fox reached out to oregon and washington so they just didn't know i think that's a good point yeah that's a great point um yeah yeah, God, Fox. I'd, of course, we I'm could more, be very, very, very wrong. I'm maybe, but I'm more and more convinced now that Fox is is the is the yeah, real Fox Sports is worse than Fox News. We know this. <laughs> uh, Fox, uh, I, I might put Fox as a ruining democracy <laughs> and and the Pac-12 ruined. <laughs> ruining the, the Pac-12 time. is worse. Um, yeah, the Pac. I think I think it's. Uh, I, I've changed my mind. The hierarchy should be Fox and then Larry Scott. Larry Scott, a villain. But a moron, <laughs> more of a moron than a villain. Uh, uh-huh. And Fox just straight Fox pure is like, evil. Yeah, mm-hmm. pure, pure evil, evil. But like they did it in a competent way, which makes it even more evil. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, those are our villains. There's a lot of blame to go around, and we were framing them as villains because UCLA and USC had to do this. But like, we're we're Pac-12 fans. I personally am like, you know, after 12 hours, after the first 12 hours, I'm like, this is sad. Like the Rolls Bowl is gonna go away. Almost certainly um, will not. The Rose Bowl has been like they they have just they have been a pain in the ass of ESPN for years and years and years because they take up that juicy New Year's Day slot at, uh, you know, 2 p.m. Pacific uh, and have never moved and refused to move. Uh, they've just they've been very hesitant participants in participating in all of this stuff. And now they're not really going to have much of a choice. So they're, you know. I say villains because it's just going to ruin a lot of the traditions and things we care about. It's going to ruin, you know, our connection to Washington state and Oregon state. And like, I get it. If you're like a pure UCLA fan, if you're a UCLA fan or a USC fan, there are many who are like this, who think to themselves, no, no, no. It's always been just about UCLA or USC. Fuck the rest of these PAC 12 teams. This is great. Like you, you're getting exactly what you want. Uh, but anyone who's enjoyed being part of the PAC 12, uh, or the PAC 10 before then, I think they're probably feeling a little sad about it. 
Um. All right. Well, those are our villains. It's bittersweet. Yeah. Like, it's bitter. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. It's not sweet. See, seems just Go pure fuck yourself. Pure right, bitter. Let's move on. <laughs> Jackie saying bittersweet. It's such a USC fan. Oh, it's 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 bittersweet. She says in her uh, vaulted ceilings apartment. I have some Stanford credentials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have some Stanford credentials. I mean, I'll be. I I'm gonna be bummed to to not see Stanford like ruin the Pac-12's prospects yeah. every year. Like that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, that was always fun. That was always fun. All right. Well, uh, lots of assholes involved in this whole thing, as we know. But let's let's move on. Let's talk about UCLA and USC specifically in the Big Ten because I think <laughs> it feels like it's almost gone uh, a little under uh, uh, under discussed is what they're gonna look like in the Big Ten, like performance wise, actually. Um, I'm curious to hear from each of you, like what's life going to look like for UCLA and USC college football wise? Do you think they're going to be competitive? Do you think they'll be doomed to the middle forever? USC is all is obviously always has the potential to go off, but is that going to be much harder now with Ohio state in the way? And then, you know, Michigan and, and Michigan state kind of in the way, um, I think that, like, I, I think maybe one thing that's mostly getting lost here is that both are probably more structurally advantaged than any other Big Ten team, except maybe, and it's a debate, maybe Michigan and Ohio State. No, no, no. There, there are three Big Ten teams that are absolutely, without a question, more advantaged than UCLA is. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, without a doubt, it's not close. I... I Okay, let's talk about this. Let's. This is exactly what I want to talk about. Okay, so <laughs> let's 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 hear you, Greg. Start and let us me off. let me look at a list. I might be forgetting someone because it's at least those three. <laughs> Greg, go ahead and start us off. What's what's life going to look like, and where are they in that structural uh, advantage hierarchy? USC is right up there with Ohio State. Those two are on a tier on their own. Like those are two of the top five programs in CFB history. But UCLA, I think, is a much more interesting conversation uh, where they stand. Uh, let's see. I think they are coming in and they will just automatically be in a worse spot like most years than Michigan, Ohio State, USC, of course, and Penn State. I think I would be surprised if UCLA is consistently better than any of them. I'd be surprised if UCLA is consistently as good as any of them. Uh, UCLA has LA, which is a big advantage. Uh, UCLA also doesn't care enough. Like, they just don't care enough. <laughs> Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, they all they all care so hard. Like, really, really, really hard. <laughs> and I think that is an advantage UCLA will never have. Like, I think they'll have some good years in the Big Ten. I could see them, like, making a championship game in a really good year. But in terms of consistency, I could see them being, I'm guessing they'll be, like, a little worse version of Wisconsin but I could see them being better than Wisconsin too. Uh, I'm probably go, higher on UCLA than most people are. Uh, okay, I've got my thoughts, but Jackie, go ahead. Go ahead. You, what do you, what do you think? So I, th- I don't think USC is actually in that bad of a position. I think they're probably on any given year in the conversation for top two, um, because, and I think this is something we haven't really grappled with is. This is only going to enhance USC's recruiting advantage um, because they're basically going to have, if you want to play in, in one of the big conferences now and you're from the West Coast, like USC is a good option 
Um, and it's going to be, it, this is like neutralized Oregon as being a competitor in that respect, at least for the moment. So I think you, USC can be competitive with Ohio State for, for sure. Um, maybe not in the intermediate um, or the immediate future, but definitely in the intermediate future. Give it a few recruiting cycles um, to, I mean, two, three max at this point. And I mean, they'll be on the same page. Um, and Ohio State didn't look that good last year. I don't even know what's Ohio State going to even look like. Okay, let's, let's calm down. Ohio State um, has been consistently the best program for all time. You well, don't need to say I, we don't need. We always know what Ohio State's going to look like. Nobody is as consistently as good as they are. I don't. Okay, go ahead, Jackie. What were you going to say? They've had some issue. Like I've listened to a few of their podcasts, and they, the their issue is they have to recruit nationally, and they can. Obviously, it's Ohio State, and they are doing a great job of it. But it it, it just makes it more difficult for them. That's fair, yeah. Um, because Ohio doesn't have, you know. It, 25 top 100 players like California does or 15 or I don't know how many players like they have three four and this year that I don't think they're I think there's like one top 100 player in Ohio who who is obviously going to Ohio State but it's just they have to recruit nationally and so we'll see if this makes it harder if this makes USC more appealing for some of those national Um, So I'm just going to come in here and say that I like get that UCLA has not been particularly good in any facet of of football for the past really, really, really the Chip Kelly era um, have been good at absolutely nothing recruiting wise on the field (laughs) up until uh, 2021 where they were like fine. But I'm just going to say that UCLA is more dis- more advantaged, more structurally advantaged than any program in the Big Ten except for Ohio State and Michigan. I'll throw Michigan in there. Uh, and uh, I Penn went State back. Too. I went back and no, I'm I'm saying they're they're better positioned than Michigan than Penn State because of their recruiting, because of their location. And and here's uh, I went back and looked at some of the recruiting. Uh, Penn State has out recruited UCLA every year in the Chip Kelly era, wholesale. Just been like, that's obvious. A lot of teams have. That's nothing special. UCLA has out-recruited Penn State every other year starting in 2011. Um, they they were ranked higher in uh, they were ranked higher in every single class. That was not just the Jim Mora era. 2011 was also the Rick Neuheisel era. If we went back to 2010, I'm sure I can go back to 2010 and Rick Neuheisel's classes at UCLA. Look, I just did uh, his uh, third class at UCLA was ranked 10th. Penn State was ranked 13th. I'm gonna now I'm gonna also look at where Penn State's commitments come from. I'm going to look at it from 2022, this year. Maryland, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Texas, Wisconsin, Florida. Guess where more of UCLA's recruits may come from? Probably Pennsylvania, probably Ohio, probably uh, Maryland, right? Like, they will now have visibility in those places and the ability to say, hey, you can come here and play in November in 68 degree weather, um, right? Like, 
I think that UCLA structurally, purely structurally, uh, outside of things like institutional commitment and coaching, suddenly is way more attractive of a position and is in a much better location than any, a much better position than any school except Ohio State and Michigan. And I'd argue they're like, you could, I, you could make a good argument that they're better positioned than Michigan is. Uh, yes, you can. They're re- they during every single year up until the Chip Kelly year, uh, Michigan and UCLA were pretty close. And in fact, again, UCLA out recruited Michigan in some of those years. That was again with being dog shit to mediocre to like decent. Okay, Penn State. What you're forgetting about during this era that you're comparing, Penn State had the whole pedo state allegations they were dealing with. Well, not allegations. That was a fact, but that tanked them for like a good chunk of time when did that happen 20, <laughs> 2011 i it was a issue for several years penn state wasn't good yeah yeah but like when did that first happen do, do, uh, we, do, we, do we have a not sure like i think they're comparable the big difference is that penn state cares and they always will care more than ucla does and i think that matters and i don't think you can just divorce that from the situation the the caring the caring only it it only mattered. It's only mattered now that Chip Kelly has uh, been been the coach. I, I think you're right to to your point about like if we're talking about the things like institu- institutional commitment, um, the way that we've talked about them many many times before. Um, I think that's fair. I would say that now that UCLA is in the Big Ten and that they were willing to do so may signal a shift in that. Like I, I actually know. think being in the Big Ten might make them care more, and I think it will, will give them triple the amount of money that they had so i i not that's not to say that ucla won't be a middle tier big 10 team that won't that doesn't mean that like all of the institutional organizational issues that ucla has dealt with for forever magically go away but i think it's a different use like i don't know what to think what this hmm. ucla program is going to look like it's a different ucla program to me now now I it's totally sort of, agree with that. So I just don't know if that's going to result in actual sort of uh, major shifts in the way they think about football. I will say, um, you know, by the time 2024 rolls around, uh, Chip Kelly might not be at UCLA. And in fact, he's probably people, UCLA writers and insiders all think he's gone after this year almost no matter what. That gives a new coach a year to like figure out their shit, uh, get established, and then go into the Big Ten in 2024. So I don't know. I mean, I, I UCLA is an interesting one. We know what USC is. We know that they're going to be like them. It's going to be them in Ohio State in their own tier. They will be sort of the 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 programs that are going to be best positioned and advantaged and talk about as blue bloods, and they will certainly be part of the every single national conversation available to them. But um, I am not. I I am. I am suddenly very bullish about UCLA in this era. I mean, this also like this also pumps up attendance at the games because, I, and we don't know how the scheduling is going to look. But now it's like, oh, Nebraska fans who travel already are going to go to whatever the game in LA is if there's a game in LA. Like it, it's going to help attendance. I think a lot. Um, for these two schools, although I mean, we'll, we'll see what USC's attendance looks like next year. Um, so I think that's also kind of a, a thing that's to UCLA's benefit <laughs> for sure. I think it helps UCLA. I don't think it gets them to a Big Ten level in terms of attendance, though. I don't think anything can do that. 
Uh, may, may, probably no. I don't like look think at so. what Penn State has a bigger stadium than UCLA does, and they fill and, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, but it but will th- improve does that their matter? attendance. It will improve yeah. their attendance. Uh, that and, and, and like that difference might not even matter that much. Right. As long um, as UCLA isn't embarrassing in terms of attendance, and I honestly think, as long as they're not pitifully bad, which they have been. They have been, and I think if Chip is going to continue to be the coach in the Big Ten, they could well continue to be because you have to be recruiting better if you're in the Big Ten. Uh, but in a post-Chip Kelly era where they're like winning some games, I, I think UCLA's attendance will be solid. Yeah, yeah, I don't. It's uh, UCLA is the big, the the really big wild card here. I think UCLA fans would should be ecstatic if they reached the level of a Wisconsin honestly that that would be oh yeah if let, they did me, that that would be a huge success if they were i will say this if they reached the level of wisconsin in terms of consistency and performance uh <laughs> I, I don't actually don't even think ucla can be wisconsin because like you're it, it comes with an injection of talent that wisconsin just doesn't have um and and won't have that's like the weird thing it's like ucla can either be horrific dog shit or they like have all the talent in the world to compete with even in ohio state like that's well okay to to get close to get in the ballpark of an ohio state because ohio state talent is different ucla can have years i bet where they have the same or better talent than michigan and penn state i just don't think they'll have that consistently yeah uh one other those teams consistency a little bit more yeah, I think their goal is like Michigan's year last year. Occasionally, yeah. Like how Michigan had an awesome year yeah. last year. Like I think that's kind of they could do that. That's kind of the model. Like you have some. Yeah, where yeah. you can pop off. I mean, that's always the aspiration, but yeah, but I think it's it's even more possible now, especially if there's institutional commitment. Uh, do y'all think? Uh, do y'all think? <laughs> uh, one aspect of performance that like I don't know that we're fully considering is. Uh, UCLA and USC having to play uh, in the in Big Ten country in the winter. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because the is, Pac-12 protected them. They protected like, the shit out of both of them. Um, USC never USC has to play in Utah in November after October. Yeah. yeah, they have never had to do that. Um, UCLA had to do it like once, right? But like, uh, typically USC has sort of said we won't go to over there. But like, they won't have a choice now because like. They're just not going to play a road game at all, a conference road game at all in November? Well, I don't think so. Okay, to be fair, to be fair, they would go to Notre Dame. Not, it, not in November. Actually, they have, no, that is, they wouldn't yes, go in November. exactly. <laughs> Never yes, mind. Yes, exactly. And they've set that up such that if they're going to play Notre Dame let the last game of the season, it's always in L.A., and if not, it's in October. Um, So, like, that's going to be interesting. They're not going to be able to ha- avoid what's the warmest state in the Big Ten, like, Maryland, DC. That's Maryland. that's their best scenario is going to DC in November, um, and like you know maybe hosting two or three home games. It would be insane. Uh, I, I think UCLA fans, if they have to go play in November and USC gets three home games and maybe one in New Jersey or Maryland for Rutgers and UMD, uh, UCLA fans are going to throw a fucking fit. Uh, and but we'll see how they schedule all this. Cause, I mean. Um, like how many road games they give both USC and UCLA during November. Like, do they just try and give them more road games at the beginning of the year? And I mean, that benefits every, well, it doesn't, it, 
I think it would be nicer to play in California in November than it would be even if I'm at Michigan, but... Do they lose... Um, do, do both of those teams become more liable to lose more games purely because of the weather? Sure. Yeah, I, I don't feel like that's a, worth one or two yeah. losses in excuse, that environment. I think that's If fair. that's an excuse that coaches are using, though, it's bullshit. Yeah. It's not big enough. I think uh, immediately it'll be a bigger issue than it will be in a few years. But uh, I think the bigger issue for me is travel. Uh, it's going to be yeah. brutal. Yeah. I mean, going to Maryland from, from Los Angeles and vice versa, that's Although a lot of travel. they will have that advantage coming back, though. I hadn't thought of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, it's still it's still rough. Yeah, although they have to travel more. Yeah, we'll see. Those those two things will be real. Like, I think those are just beyond logistics. I think it's it's also just going to affect performance. They're unsolvable problems. Yeah. Like, you just have to deal and, with it. Unless the Big Ten expands by then. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> they, they could. Even just getting Oregon and Washington in here again. Alleviates that so much. Yeah, it, it that that's three conference games that you build in by not having to travel uh, across time zones. That's And then the other ones, if you get them at home, maybe you're only traveling to Big Ten country like twice throughout like each season. All right. Well, speaking of Oregon and Washington, let's move on here to talk about uh, whether they can save the Pac-12. Um, I'm going to talk about this piece. I'm just going to uh, relay some pieces of this piece from John Canzano, who is a fairly prominent Pacific Northwest writer, Pac-12 writer. He posted a piece on his website, johnsconzano.com, where he talked about the possibility of Nike co-founder and, and Oregon sugar daddy, Phil Knight, stepping in to help keep the uh, Pac-12 together. I'm going to read a few excerpts from here, and I want to I want to hear what y'all think of, of some of this thinking. Uh, he says, what Kliakov should do is fly Phil Knight for a sit-down because it would be the most un-Larry Scott move ever to show up and make a humble, personal plea to the one guy who might be able to save the Pac-12. Oregon and Washington are the keys to keeping the Pac-12 together. The Big Ten Conference currently appears focused on luring Notre Dame into its newly formed mega conference. After that, if it still has an appetite, the Ducks and Huskies could be next, or they might be left behind depending on who you ask. Uh, Kinzano continues, a Big Ten athletic director told me on Friday that the television market of Seattle and the brand of Oregon are attractive selling points. He didn't think they brought nearly enough value to cut them in with a full share of the conference's $1 billion a year deal with Fox. But the Big Ten's expansion is being fueled by Fox, and it's possible the network might covet more inventory in the Pacific time zone. What does Knight want to happen here? That's today's question. Uh, He continues, Knight's support would help stabilize the Pac-12. Instead of merging it with the Big 12, the conference would now be a threat to dismantle it. In that, the Pac-12 flips from defense to offense, potentially poaching a handful of attractive Big 12 universities in the process. With Knight's influence and clout, ESPN might also come to the table as a partner in a more meaningful uh, manner. So John Canzano's piece is kind of interesting. He has a couple of uh, fascinating tid- tidbits here. Uh, he's conjecturing here, obviously, uh, about Phil Knight and Oregon and Washington saving the Pac-12. Uh, I'm curious what you all think about this idea that Phil Knight is gonna could possibly save the Pac-12, that he would do this, he could do this, might do this. Um, and I'm curious what you all think about whether the Pac-12 should try to lobby Phil Knight for support. Do you agree with any of this? Think there's some truth to it? Uh, Greg, let's start with you. Do you have any thoughts? I think the Phil Knight part is bullshit. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't see a scenario where UW and Oregon get offered by the Big Ten and they don't go. Just makes zero sense, no matter what Phil Knight says. 
because uh, he donates a lot of money. He's not donating $100 million a year, uh, <laughs> you know? And so if that happens, there's just nothing anyone can do about it. They're going. I think he's uh, saying, he is saying, though, that does uh, does bringing Phil Knight to the table, hi, it sounds actually stupid when I say it out loud, does bringing Phil Knight to the table at, like, media negotiations help? Like, with ESPN or with anyone else? Like, now I'm just like, what, is he just going to give a it? ton of money? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what would he do? Uh, Jackie, what were you going to say? He's fucking ancient. <laughs> He's so old. He's so old. Like, I can't see him wanting to, like, spend his time, like, trying to save this, like, conference that's absolutely doomed. Like, I mean, like it or not, USC was, like, the, the you know, the master key to the Pac-12 being a going concern and this and UCLA to a certain extent too on the basketball front um I just think the Pac-12 is doomed I don't I don't know whether or not the Pac-12 as a separate entity from the Big 12 maybe they combine but then they're just kind of like these this other brand conference it it I just don't see any Either the Pac-12 is screwed or Oregon is screwed. And I, I don't really see um, Phil Knight trying to save the Pac-12. Yeah. <laughs> I see him trying to save Oregon. And maybe he, he puts Oregon in a situation where they can join the Big Ten. Um, but I just, I don't think any of these... I don't think any of the the teams in the in the remainder of the Big Twelve or in the remainder of the Pac Twelve have the ability to be, you know, the crown jewel of the conference, and I I think it's going to doom them doom them both at some point. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know how it's going to shake out. The Pac Twelve is done being a power conference. Like that's just how it is. Uh, they're on the level of the Big Twelve right now without USC and UCLA. Uh, if Oregon and Washington stay, though, like if the Big Ten doesn't come for them, I think the Pac-12 absolutely survives uh, as an entity because where else are those teams going? Why would Oregon and why would Oregon and Washington go to the Big 12? That doesn't make any sense for them. Because uh, they could just stay. And at that point, there's no reason for Pac-12 teams to try and join the Big 12 if the two biggest... Uh, like the two teams in both the Pac-12 and the Big 12 that generate the most money are Oregon and Washington, and they're both in the Pac-12. And so if Oregon and Washington still stay, I think the Pac-12 survives. It's just like significantly weakened. So here's the thing. I think I think it's, I think it's interesting. I mean, I feel like Oregon and Washington are big enough brands to not be considered. I mean, when Texas and Oklahoma decided to leave the Big 12, we were left with the two premier programs are like what Oklahoma State, Baylor, Baylor TCU. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's it. Doesn't like it. It'll change every year with well, that conference, right? It, but those are the two at the moment, the two premier brands, and neither of them have real big staying power or built-in brands. Oregon and and, and Washington are significantly above both of those in terms of stature, in terms of brand, uh, in, in terms, terms of money, yeah, in terms of money, a lot like alumni bases, like. All of those things, and so it's it, it's such a weird spot to be in. It's almost like the new Big Twelve, Sands, Texas, and Oklahoma was like somewhere between like 
the American Athletic Conference and, you know, the next Power Five, you know, the Pac-12 before UCLA and USC left. Like, the new Big 12 is somewhere in between those. And now it's like the new Pac-12 could be somewhere in between the Big 12 and the Big 10. Uh, I don't know. I think we all agree that Oregon and Washington by themselves could not buoy this conference. But, like, they do they, – they are bigger names and brands than anything else out there except Notre Dame that's not already in a conference. Maybe, I guess, like, Clemson in Miami. Yeah. Right? Like, I, guess it'll be, I feel like it'll be a while before the ACC implodes, and so they're not part of this discussion. And those guys are probably going to the SEC, not the Big Ten. So this is another interesting thing. I, I don't can't remember where I heard this. Maybe I heard, actually heard it in the podcast of Champions. They were talking about uh, does the SEC reach out to Oregon and Washington? Uh, and I, well, so I think uh, if the SEC was like going to make counter moves to try and get into the West Coast, they could do that. Um, that's not. Are, I mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not so certain. I think Oregon. Uh, they absolutely don't I, need to. I mean, I guess yeah. I guess if I guess if you're under the assumption that they could just wait, hang out, and wait for um, Texas and Oklahoma to come in, and then wait for Clemson, Miami, Florida uh, State to sort of get Lewis off the ACC. I don't know. I mean, I just think that Oregon and Washington are big enough brands to be in one of those two leagues. It's just not you know it's not clear where that's going to come from, and if there are other priorities. They could say I, – I think that they could absolutely save the Pac-12. I think that they're big enough brands to at least poach, I don't know, like maybe an Oklahoma State out of the Big 12. I think they're big enough brands to pull uh, Baylor. I think they're big enough brands to pull out uh, certainly a, a, a Houston and Cincinnati. Like I, I think that they could do that. Um, I they're just in a weird spot. I I don't know. They'd have to if if Oregon and Washington did do that. The thing is, they would almost certainly have to say we're getting a bigger piece of the pie. We're not splitting this shit 10, 12, 14 ways. We're getting a good chunk of the pie and everyone else is getting maybe status quo what they got in this TV deal. Um but I don't it doesn't feel likely that that's going to happen. And certainly if you're one of the other we talked about this, if you're one of the other eight schools in the pack 10 right now uh you're, are you gonna really trust oregon and washington they will leave they will leave the second <laughs> oh yeah they they're a big, gone eventually big 10 invite um if they get a big 10 invite they're fucking gone absolutely and for that reason i don't think the pac-12 can poach any teams from the big 12 because the pac-12 uh like the big 12 has stability right now there's That's nobody true. there that is an obvious candidate for a super conference whereas the pac-12 you know, once the like once we get to the inevitable destination of two mega conferences, yeah, the uh, Oregon and yeah. Washington are gone. The Pac-12 dies. Yeah, and so there's just no way the Big 12 is going to be able to. I mean, there's no way any team from the Big 12 is going to come here because it's going to be, if it's an upgrade in money, it's going to be marginal. Uh, and I don't think that money is worth being in limbo when the Pac-12 eventually crumbles. Yeah. I think that's right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I like the idea of the of Oregon and Washington saving the Pac-12, but I think we we both know that like uh, that payday is going to come from somewhere somehow. I think the the real thing that would be the Pac-12 saving grace is if <laughs> uh, if the Big Ten does not offer either of them 
invites and and Mm -hmm. that if we just never get there yeah and i actually think that that is a possibility um it i i don't think we'll know that we certainly you know it was kind of going around i just want to say it was going around like uh the big 10 said they're not extending invites at this time and all this other stuff look oregon and washington reached out to the big 10 like the day they found out ucla and usc were going they uh the big 10's not gonna just be like oh okay we're gonna expand then and consider no they're gonna take some time with fox to assess uh, what Oregon and Washington bring to the table, and they're going to decide. I think if you asked me the day that this happened, whether Oregon and Washington were going to the Big Ten, I think I was like 95% confident that they would. I think some of the reports and the conversations that are coming out now, I'm like, maybe I'm like dropping about 65%. I think it's more likely than not, but I also am like very unsure. The the Pac-12 saving grace is they better hope Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, Stanford, um, Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, those eight teams have to hope that in about mm, September, October, the Big Ten is like, no, we're we're good here. Or we're adding Notre Dame and someone else. Like, we're not. We're, we're good. We're not going to do this. Um, if that happens, the Pac, you all agree, the Pac-12 is staying, probably staying together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the yeah. only, yeah, the only scenario where Oregon and Washington leave, in my mind, is them leaving for the Big Ten. All right. Well, an interesting thought exercise. Uh, we're going to see it's, uh, I mean, basically the ball is in the big, big Ten's court. Uh, the, the first domino will fall when the big 10 and Fox, <laughs> uh, do their assessment of Oregon and Washington. And, and we will get, we will get more definitive answers probably by the end of the summer. Just, just for the timeline, I, I I'm, I'm borrowing this from last summer. Um, I went back and looked Texas and Oklahoma, announced they were leaving for the big 12 like late july i think it was like 20, july 27th 28th you know one of those friday news dumps um it did not come out that the pack that the big 12 was going to add houston byu cincinnati and south florida until about mid to late september so there's about like a two there was a two-month gap between when the big 12 found out and then when they invited a couple of schools now maybe it's a little bit quicker because it's not like the the big 12 was out there exploring and here the big 10 is not doing as much exploring as they are evaluating a consistent set of a small set of teams here um but that feels like a couple of months is one will i feel like we'll probably know for sure speaking of expansion uh pack 12 expansion we touched a little bit uh on this topic in our emergency podcast we were super super fast about it but i thought we could delve deeper into it because the pack 12 put out a statement you know they had a meeting among you know presidents and, and things like that uh basically this the pack 12 schools have given the league office the green light to explore expansion options to try to save itself um and so this is this is another angle around all of this around what the pack 12 is going to try to do to save itself um so they're clearly thinking that expansion could be one way that they could do that. So um, what I thought we'd do is if you could each give me one school you think um, the Pac-12 can, A, reasonably coach, um, even if it's a little bit of a stretch, and then B, would also meaningfully help the Pac-12 survive. Do they? Does that exist? Is that a unicorn? Um, or are there a couple, a couple of schools? So Greg, go ahead. You, you're saying it doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, my answer is there's no one. Uh, there's no one the Pac-12 can reasonably get that makes any sense to poach. Uh, no G5 team that is left at this point uh, helps revenue at all. Uh, why would you add one? Doesn't make sense. None of them are going to help. And the only P5 schools that would theor- like 
it might be an upgrade for the Big 12 schools to move to the Pac-12 in the short term, but we talked about why that probably doesn't make sense long term, and so I don't think it's realistic to poach any of the Big 12 schools either. And for that reason, I just don't think uh, I don't think expansion makes any sense. Jackie, what do you think? I think the the Pac-12 would be better off keeping it at the size it is and and just trying to be like an out-of-conference destination. Yeah, just be what the Big 12 was when they had 10 teams. Yeah, I, I think that's... I, I, but I think, you know, if, if there's... You know, the ones that make the most sense is probably Fresno State, Boise State, um, San Diego State maybe. But I just don't think it makes that much of a difference. And I don't know if you want to... Distri- based off of their the distribution, I don't know if it makes economical sense either i don't i don't they don't they obviously don't fill the gap none of those schools do any combination of them won't fill the gap but yeah i think they're better off just being the big the big 12 smaller version i think they're better off that way yeah i mean i'm conflicted i think there's like i i think i agree i think like if the Pac-12 wanted to get really Machiavellian about this and get really greedy <laughs> and get really just cutthroat, uh, I think there might be some value in in San Diego State, maybe UNLV, if they kicked out Oregon State and Washington State. I think if you like swapped in those two for Wazoo and Oregon State, like may- maybe now that's problematic because I think you're ruining relationships and certainly these institutions do not want to like ruin uh, relationships with each other like that. Uh, That would cause particular programs to be athletics departments to get kicked out of the conference. But like, I I get that like, yeah, San Diego say is maybe not bringing in a bunch of revenue, but like it gives you access to a TV market. Um, And right now the PAC 12 is at the point where they're like, desperate uh the big 12 was desperate and they went and got well, the big BYU. 12 had eight teams at that time the pac 12 has 10 you can have a 10 team conference you can't have an eight team conference i think that's a big difference hey, can you so when you say can is there like some sort of like ncaa rule i don't know but that would mean seven conference games like nobody does that that's true yeah i guess i i i feel like I don't know. I just, if they were trying to save themselves, again, the big domino here that has to fall is Oregon and Washington. Um, If they don't go, I think you could probably convince yourself they don't need to expand. If they do go... If they uh, do go, the Pac-12 is fucked. The Pac-12 is fucked, maybe. Um, But uh, that entirely depends. What that depends on is do Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado get their big 12 invites? And if they don't, they're probably going to try to stick in the Pac-12. Um, the Pac- that's that's the next way that the Pac-12 can survive if Oregon and Washington go, is that the Pac-12 just becomes a new a, a, a West Coast version of a the Big Super 12. Mountain West is right. what it would become at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it'd probably. be worse than the Big Twelve. Because the Big Twelve, you think so? I I actually absolutely think, worse. No, I, I think Utah and I think um, Arizona State are. I think they can buoy the Pac-12 better than Oklahoma State and Baylor could. I think the thing is that uh, the Big Twelve just has more teams on that level than oh, uh, the Pac-12 but they, does. But, but the that that list of eight uh, without Oregon, Washington, UCLA, USC 
has bigger markets. Colorado has a Denver. Colorado and the Colorado Denver market and Utah in the Salt. Okay, fuck sucking though. They like that's a ones. whole other conversation. The Salt Lake no, City not. market, the Salt Lake City market, and the Denver market are what? I, I, maybe I guess they're not as big as like the Houston market. That's the and and Dallas, but but like I don't know. It's like to get into those markets, it was like uh, TCU and. Uh, Houston, which like aren't exactly saturating those markets to begin with, so I I feel like the if they well, went maybe the TV money is similar. I bet it'll be less. But in terms of on the field, like who's a better conference in terms of football, the Big Twelve is going to be much better. I'm not convinced. I'm not. Maybe I'm just Pac-12 filled, but I'm not convinced. Well, because you've got no. There are just way more teams that can be good in the Big Twelve than there are in the Pac-12, and the Big Twelve already took the four best G5 programs. Yeah, I guess if you're if I mean if you're talking about positioning, see, we're like conflating positioning because like Boise State's a good program. Now I don't think they move they move the needle for the Pac-12. San Diego State has also been a pretty good program. They do move the needle for none the of them are as good as Cincinnati, UCF, or Houston. Uh, his, I think over the past ten years, over the past ten years, Boise is close. But San the thing Diego is, State Boise has is... way more disadvantages than those other teams. And San yes, Diego exactly. State, come on, they're not even close. UNLV is in a bigger market now. Um, and but they've they just, never they been have good. a new football stadium. San Diego State now has a good new football stadium. I don't know. I guess I'm just not convinced that that maybe I think you're right. Like expansion can't be the first thing. First thing is recruiting the fuck out of Oregon and Washington and doing some psyop shit to <laughs> undermine Oregon and Washington's bid to the Big Ten. Every time a Fox person tries to talk to uh, Oregon and Washington, Kleofkoff, Daddy George needs to take out a hit on that guy. Uh, Do you think or- heads need to roll to make this not happen? Every time they try, bang. <laughs> so expansion, but uh, go ahead, Jackie. Were you going to say something? Oh, no, I, I didn't. I mean, I think something else here is like how much money, like the thing about the Big 12, especially those Texas schools, is they can be a going concern as a football program for less TV money than the other schools in the because they have wealthy donors who care about football um at Baylor and at TCU and at you know Oklahoma State and Oregon State doesn't have that Oregon State depended on the Pac-12 money and so that's the other thing the Big 12 schools can operate separately from you know the money they make in the media and I I don't think the the Pac-12 teams that remain can necessarily do that. Um, I think they would have to be, you know, scared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, I'll just say that we we should have brought should have brought this up in the Oregon and Washington discourse that we had. But like, do you think that it's obviously in in the Pac-12's best interest for Oregon and Washington to stay? Any chance the Pac-12 does some? We're gonna hear about if we ever hear about it. Does some horrible shit like i don't know give try to like fudge numbers around what oregon and washington were pulling in the pac-12 networks or like you know try to come up with some scandals that might prevent oregon and washington from getting accepted in the pac like is there anything that they can do uh like just complete uh lack of morality wise to prevent oregon and washington from getting their paydays any dirt you have time to time to air that out like the, do what the Republicans did to Madison Cawthorn. Uh. <laughs> the other, the other avenue here, and this was kind of coming out. I mean, who knows if this has any legs? 
it, it could though, just just because of uh, what happened to Utah BYU. Does the Washington State Legislature or the Oregon State Legislature get involved and say, you can't do shit without Washington State. You can't do shit without Oregon State. They go with you wherever you want. That's another. That's the other avenue. And the Pac-12, like whatever positioning they have. And frankly, this John Canzano did not bring this up. He should have. If 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 he if Phil Knight was invested in the Pac-12 or was just invest, invested in Oregon State and making sure they did not get left behind because he is an Oregon State alum. He's helped Oregon State before. Oregon State was about to lose its women bas- women's basketball coach. This this was did get brought up in the Canzano. Um, uh, article and you know Phil Knight stepped in and matched salaries to get her to stay uh, Phil Knight actually could go could lobby <laughs> the Oregon State uh, the Oregon State legislatures to say hey uh, create this legislation that Oregon so that Oregon can't leave Oregon State now that would mean that he'd be tanking his own investment in Oregon um, but like I don't know there's many avenues there that the Pac-12 can engage in to to make that happen any possibility the pac-12 does dirty shit like that uh no they're they're too stupid and uh <laughs> and george, daddy george we've been talking about daddy george this whole daddy time. george clearly didn't see this coming and so i refuse to have any faith in him to do <laughs> evil shit daddy yeah that's what daddy we need george is, daddy george is too been, wholesome he's been done really dirty um uh, I I mean, you can't do a lot of that stuff without, you know, going to prison, which I guess maybe isn't, um, I don't know. I, I just don't, Scared I don't money see don't make money, I just, right? I don't think it's happening. I, yeah. I, I, I just, yeah, I just think Oregon, if Oregon, and really I think we're kind of overstating to a certain degree, the, the degree until which Washington has, you know, that much of an independent say here, I, I, Whatever Oregon decides to do, they're going to do. And I don't think there's anything the Pac-12 can necessarily do to keep them. Yeah, that's fair. We'll see. Um, we'll we'll find out. It's another the, – the two hands it's in is Big Ten and the state of Oregon and the state <laughs> of Washington. So we will, we will find out. Um, all right. I want to uh, do a couple of things really quick. Uh, I thought we would just uh, talk about – as a fun exercise, we've been talking about, well, you know, Oregon getting in and, you know, power leagues and all this other stuff. I thought we'd just take a couple minutes. We'll be fast on this. Um, is uh, to take a look at the list of power five teams across all of the conferences and do a draft. Just the three of us. If we were to draft our three big super leagues, we're going to go 10 rounds real quick. Okay. So uh, someone should write this down. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and do this, and uh, I'll make sure that we all can can see who's off the board and who is not. Um, but what I thought we'd do is just just draft them. I'm curious, like if we just had our pick of the ten biggest programs, and we're not we're not talking about our own vibes and stuff, but just like the most financially successful conference. Engage in this really fucked up exercise that everyone else is engaging in, which is like, yeah, greed. Um, let's just uh, be very, very greedy here. Um, let's let's just, I thought we'd do this draft um, and see what comes of it. I, I think it's, it's interesting to think about like who gets these invites and who doesn't and 
you know, who has sort of like agency in all of this and who is uh, going to be left behind. Jackie, uh, Jackie, you get the uh, the first pick here. Against my, you know, my allegiances, my loyalties, the team I have, you know, elected to give my sword, I'm going to have to go with Ohio State here. Um, Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And this is because I I, I did some research, you know, I I went to law school and I'm I'm doomed to be a nerd for the rest of my life. Um, And they actually surprisingly have... The largest viewership of any team, by far. By and far, I'm, I'm astonished by that, and I'm just convinced. I'm con. I don't know if they have the most like fans. Like, if you did a survey of like all Americans, which football team would you, do you root for? I don't think it's them, but they have the the highest viewership. So obviously, they get in there. So Ohio State. All right, Jackie's got Ohio State. Greg, would you mind writing down who has the teams, and I'll keep track of the board here. <laughs> I should have I meant to plan this out a little bit better, but uh there's too many too many things on my on my list. Alright, so Jackie takes Ohio State. That's a pretty good one. Greg, you're up next. Um uh Hmm. I'll go are we doing a snake draft? Yeah, we'll do a snake draft. I think that makes sense. I'm going to go with University of Alabama. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, all right. So now we have Ohio State off the board. Alabama. How about everybody just keeps track of their own team because Because Greg struggling. doesn't want to do any fucking work. You know, I'm oh, taking I'm, care of the draft board, right? I'm Greg? trying to put together my own board and I just, <laughs> my notes app on my phone can only do so much. <laughs> and I'm really easily distracted. I, I can't be trusted with this. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um... Okay, so then that means that I am next here. Uh, you all can't hear it anymore for reasons, but I'm doing the draft noise. It's going to be such a pain in the ass to slice and splice it in every single time, but I do it for, for this podcast. Um, God, it's uh, it's tough. The bl- it has to be Blue Blood, I think. Uh, that would be what? USC, yeah. Oklahoma, Texas. Ah, this is going to be insane. You I'm gonna, get two picks, so. I do get two picks. You're right. I'm going to go then. I'm going to go with USC and Texas. Uh, I yeah, think that those are those both are good those, picks. Yeah. I think those are the two obvious blue bloods. I think they've, like, they are, you know, I think they're at a down point right now, but uh, you imagine that they will The ratings monsters. Well, at least Texas is, and you assume USC will be. Yes. Um. So, okay, I start off. With USC, Texas, uh, Jackie starts off with Ohio State. Greg starts off with Alabama. Uh, so that means what is uh, when we said snake order, who went second? So then Greg goes next, right? All right, give me one second. So Greg is up. I am going to go with Georgia. Ugh. That killed me. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Here's the thing. Uh, Georgia maybe isn't like the ratings monster that the teams that have been picked are. Like when Georgia's bad, they're not going to get watched as much as a Texas when Texas is bad. However, I'm betting on 
Georgia just being good because when you're like, I mean, they just won the national title, national title winning teams bring money. And so I'm taking them. That is fair. All right, Jackie, you're up next. I, I, I don't actually know if that, I guess they don't qualify as a blue blood technically, but, um, I'm going to go with LSU. Um, yeah, my goodness. Good one. I'm trying to get some geographic diversity here. <laughs> um, Diversity is for cowards. Um, well, and, you know, they're good for a national championship every decade um, when the stars align. So, uh, I'm going to, yeah, LSU's my next pick. That's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to, so I'm next, right? Do I get do I get two picks again? Yes, you do. Wait, did oh, she pick two? Oh, do I pick another one? Oh, yeah, she'll pick two. Yeah, she'll pick another one, and then I'll go oh, again. Oh, okay. Okay, so it. LSU. Hmm. Oh, Oklahoma. I'm going Oklahoma against my... That's a good pick. Um, they are definitely a blue blood. Their fans are annoying as hell, and <laughs> um, yeah. their state is a shithole. No offense. Excuse me to any Oklahoma. No, no, all offense. <laughs> all, all offense. offense. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> truck stops are shitholes. We I mean, know Oklahoma this, all right? State, but, <laughs> but it's the ultimate truck stop. Uh, just... Oklahoma is just one big truck stop. It's insane. Just a terrible, terrible state. Should be absolved into Texas. Like, just stick them together. Anyway, but they have a good football team, and um, against all odds, they continue to... And people watch it, and they have a very passionate and annoying fan base. So, Oklahoma. It's a good one. All right, Greg, you are up next. Go blue, I'm taking Michigan. Yeah. All right. Not a bad. Uh, not no, a that bad is a uh, media always talks about Michigan. Uh, alumni base is very rich. Everyone watches them. That's that's lots of money for me. I was hoping I could pair them with Ohio State, but Jackie went first, and so I'm sad. Understood. Understood. All right. Uh, I'm going next. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, how is Notre Dame still on the board? We were all missing them. Yeah, I'm taking Notre Wait, Dame. Wait, I didn't know Notre Dame was an option. I just thought they were staying Because they definitely should have been chosen okay, uh, that's fine. way earlier. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a problem with the screen. Oh, well. Tough, tough shit. Uh, okay, so I get, do I, I don't go second. I don't go twice, do I? Yeah, you do. Oh, I do. That's okay. how a snake trap works. I know, but it's hard to keep who's in my head. But good, I'm glad you're doing this because I wasn't going to do it. Um, God, this is a tough one. I think... It feels like the obvious one here is Florida. I'm going to go with Florida. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Uh, that leaves Jackie. You're up next. Jackie's no, up next, right? No, it's Greg. Yeah, she gets two picks. Oh, wait, no, it's me. Duh. Yeah, okay. I'm yeah. fucking this up. I'm going to take A&M. More money. Okay. Not bad. Uh, how many? I'm at four now. How many do you all have? I have four. I have, I have Jackie three. has three. Yeah. All right, so now but Jackie goes I, twice. For now. all of Texas A&M's yep. money, I am amazed at how little success they've had across all the sports. It's, like, pretty unbelievable, actually. No, I don't care how little success they're having so long as that money also, is still like, there. They're one of the whitest yep, yep, yep. schools in the nation, so you'll have to live with that. <laughs> White means money. Let's go. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. So wealth inequality is real, all right? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, all right, Greg, you're up next. 
Hmm. No, I'm not. Oh, Jackie am I didn't up go. next? Uh, no, Jackie goes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is this is <laughs> tough, actually. Hmm. Um. I think I'm gonna go with for my next pick. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Miami, and I can't stand Miami. I find them really annoying, and I I, I think they're I I cannot wait for this city of Miami to be underwater in like 15 years but holy shit <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Jesus they've, Christ they've just been the albatross of American democracy I'm sorry I'm I really dislike Florida that's not Miami yes they have been the Cubans it hasn't been Miami it's been Florida generally well yeah it's the combination of like white retirees and Cuban Americans slash Venezuelan, anyone who, yeah, whatever. Florida sucks. But um, Miami, unfortunately, has money and people watch it. Big media market. It's a good one. It's a good one. Who goes next? I'm lost. Greg, you're keeping track of us, right? Uh, oh, I get to pick, pick another one? Did you pick two? No. Come on, guys. How many do you have? I have she four. She has four now, okay. but she had the first pick, and so oh, she gets Auburn. the first pick of the next round. I'm going with Auburn. Oh, fuck you! <laughs> they have an insane uh, 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 uh. fan base. <laughs> so yeah, Auburn. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Greg, you're next. I take Florida State. Okay, that's not bad. Um, I would have taken Florida State ahead of Miami. I, so, I agree. Uh, I'm um, happy with that. Yeah, I think that makes. I sense. consider take. I considered them having them above Florida on my board, but I think Florida's just a little bigger. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm next. I'm going to stop midway. I go twice, but I'm going to stop midway through so that we can just recap what we have so far. It starts getting a little tough uh, here, I think. Um, there are many interesting options on the board. There, I, I, I'm just, I can't tell if the one that's obvious in my head is a real obvious one, and I'm not really sure I'm going to... Uh, I... You all, you all may, I hope I don't come off as a homer here. I'm picking UCLA. Um, so I, I was considering, well, I won't say. Actually, I will say. I was considering Clemson. Um, I, I thought maybe Clemson had a bigger brand, but I'm not sure if that's just recency bias. You know what I mean? Like, that's not. Well, you have another pick, so you can take them. If I, you... I can. You're right. But let's, let's do a quick recap. I have, uh, so we've gone through five picks. We're halfway through. Um, I've got USC, Texas, Notre Dame, Florida, UCLA. Uh, Greg, who do you have? Who's your five right now? Bama, Georgia, Michigan, A&M, Florida State. Okay. Jackie? Ohio State, LSU, Oklahoma, Miami, Auburn. I'm Got liking it. it. Mm-hmm. All right. So so I go next. Oh, here's the tough part is. Um, Penn State's does, looking mighty Penn, fine. Penn State does look mighty fine. So does North Carolina, to be honest with you. What? Um, oh, well. Oregon's still there also. Oregon is still say there. Say what you will. Oregon's brand is big. I'm, I, you know, this is going to be an interesting exercise to see who gets left out, right? Um, I think uh-huh. it's telling. I'm going to go with Clemson. I think it's telling though that Oregon's still on the board. Like, yes, I definitely wanted you to take Oregon or Penn State. I, I was very obvious about it. <laughs> I was hoping that you would do that so I could have Clemson because I forgot Clemson existed. Then again, I probably wouldn't have taken Clemson ahead of any of the teams I have, so it's whatever. Um. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to take Wisconsin. Just kidding. Uh, I'll take. Hmm. Hmm. You 
know what? I'm going to go Oregon. Okay. Wow. You've always uh, valued Oregon's brand a little bit more than everyone else has. So I think that makes <laughs> sense. All right. So, Jackie, you've got two now. Okay. I'm going to go with Iowa. Um, the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Which wow. is a weird choice. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of people are weirdly Iowa fans, and the media loves it when they have, you know, a big, strong, tight end boy that they can love on or, like, a big, strong, you know, Oh, on what's alignment. So they get talked about a lot, um, which I think matters. So I'm going to go with with Iowa. Um, And then another another one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Are we taking into account basketball or are we just doing. I thought this was just football, but I think think you should take it. In realignment, it is just football. It is mostly football, yeah. So you can factor in whatever you'd like, Mm. but I think. Football probably will be the bigger draw here. Okay. Then, I mean, this feels like the obvious choice, but then I'm going to go with um, Penn State as well. I mean, yeah. You could have switched the the order on those two, but. Um, I, might, I think I might Iowa well. was an insane person take. <laughs> uh, can't believe you did that. I'm grateful because it means you didn't take any other team that I, I, I don't think I would have taken Iowa at any point. <laughs> But they might have got yeah. You, you underestimate maybe maybe, corn maybe we're people. wrong. Like I, I know the corn. I'm like there aren't Nebraskan, enough of them. Like, there are just not enough corn people. There's so many. There's so there many. are okay. There's Greg, so you, many. Go go ahead. You. <laughs> I am going to take Tennessee. That's an interesting one. Uh, I think Tennessee makes sense. They that's like the stadium is big. The booster core is huge. They're the UCLA they of the SEC. The media <laughs> so talks. That is a great comparison. That is a great comparison. And I think, honestly, they're worth more money than UCLA is. Uh, yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, this is getting really interesting now. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six here on my list. Um, I've got seven. So I go twice here. And, yeah. oh, God. I mean, looking at this list it gets a little di- and this is where we really start to figure out like when you if we were to do this in real life we're starting to talk about what what programs get ahead here um it feels weird not to take an sec school but i'm just not sure about the survival do you not have an sec school uh i have florida but i'm just taking generally like you know we've got so oh. sec schools that we have left vanderbilt probably not getting picked by any of us south carolina uh, probably no. not getting picked by any of us. Uh, maybe Missouri, uh, maybe Mississippi State, but Ole Miss and Kentucky both in, are and Arkansas. Interesting. I'm gonna go with and and Arkansas. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Washington. I think that they're a big enough brand to kind of put up there. So I'll go with Washington there first. Um, and uh, there's just a lot of these mid tier programs that like are probably if we were doing this in real life may not be as secure. Um, yeah. I think you can't. I think Nebraska. I think Nebraska is an old blue blood. Nebraska fans are going to be upset that they don't go off, go in the top 10, but they are. They are. Nebraska will never blue be blue that good say, again. And so I don't think. Yeah. I have to, so my grandma was from Nebraska. My great grandma was from Nebraska, and she watched every single Nebraska game until the day she died when she was like 99 years old. So they, yeah, they love that program so it will it will never die yeah it's it's uh as much as you think that they have not been good and will never be good again greg they are 
statistically a blue blood oh, up there sure. with the actual blue bloods. Do not call um, them a blue blood. If you they, have not won anything of substance in the last 30 years, you don't get to be called a blue blood. It's 30 years. Yeah, it's, uh, it they, was like, it's been 20. They are a, they are a historic CFB program. They're not a blue blood. Um, no, I don't think they're a blue blood now. I think it's it, they're a little like Indiana basketball in that. What well, I think done? Indiana has a path to being good again in basketball. I don't think Nebraska has a path to being a contender uh, again in football. They were right. a nine and ten win team with Bo Pelini. Uh, they won a national championship. What back in nineteen ninety nine? They were an eleven win team. Did they win in ninety nine? Fr- whatever uh, Scott Frost was there. That's the last time they won. I think. <laughs> Yeah, they won uh, two championships, 94, 95. They finished first in the AP poll, actually, and then finished third in the AP poll in 99. Um, that was a very dominant era. So, I, all right, we'll see. Whatever. I, I think they should be, they should still be I think be that's picked. a good, like, I think they're a, they're a fine pick. The problem is that, yeah. That's, they're a tough one. They're a weird one. I, I agree. Yeah, they're just very weird. Who's next? Greg, you're next. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. You know what? Despite the fact that I did talk shit on them, I still think they're worth more than everyone left, and so I will take Nebraska. I took Nebraska. That's why we oh, were talking about that. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was about to say, I feel gross about it. I feel disgusting <laughs> taking them because I talk shit on Nebraska more than anyone. But, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, hmm. Next, oh, man, I have a few teams that I have, like, in that same tier, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's a and lot I of teams. Just got to decide team. which one, which one to take. Hmm. I'm gonna go with North Carolina. That's a good one. That was gonna be my next pick. Really? I. Mm. All right. So, Greg takes North Carolina. All right, Jackie. Um. Do I have one or two? You got two. Okay. I'm gonna go with Utah. And that's, that's just. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. And, I don't think it's terrible. Um, yeah. And that's because I'm going for some geographic diversity. And I think they always manage to they always manage to have a competitive team that can surprise you. I think they're like the it, they're the Stanford of my of my league. <laughs> like they're the one who like fucks up someone else's season, right? Um, so that's why I'm picking them. And then uh, hmm. I feel like I need someone from like another southern team but um yeah Ole Miss is there Kentucky Arkansas I guess they've been like historically kind of good um UCF um, wait can you scroll down again that Notre Dame's off the board um okay I think I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Arkansas, which might be surprising. That's interesting. That is which might be surprising, but they 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 have really loyal fan base and they show up to things. Um, they're like the bottom tier of my league. <laughs> uh, uh, my turn. Yep. Yeah, I can't believe they lasted this long. I'll take Wisconsin. I know. Good yeah. One. They were underrated, but I had too many corn people, so I needed to. Understandable, you know. I have, I think they're my only corn person. Strictly. So do you I've all got have Michigan? But they're not really corn people. Do you all have nine right now? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All right. Nine, yeah. So, so then this, these will be the last rounds here. Yeah. 
Uh, against, well, you have two though, right? Uh, I have two. Uh, this is going to be very tough because I think Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, Kentucky, <clears throat> all very interesting. Uh, and then like Big Ten, just so people know, we've got Michigan State is still on the board. Uh, that's probably the only one from the Big Ten. It's like Michigan State, Maryland, Minnesota, Northwestern, Purdue, Rutgers. Ah, eh, you know, really, Michigan State might be the only one of note there. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'll, first one. I'll go with Michigan State. Uh, they will be my ninth team. So I, I they're they're a good program. Um, they certainly bring a lot of fans and you know i'm not sure that they're saturating any tv markets here we don't really get to talk about them as a tv market situation just because you know yeah and you know what 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 else are they providing um and then oh man i mean this gets really tough i think you can't uh, i think you can't get you can't not have Ole Miss so they can be such a power um they bring in a lot of talent um clearly have a very dedicated fan base so that will be that will round me out uh Greg you're up I'm gonna go with Virginia Tech yeah uh, I think there. they were I like them more than everybody like I like them almost as much as I like Wisconsin and to me there was a big gap after that so I'm, I'm pleased to get them uh they've been like their regional power in that area of the country uh, always better than Virginia is, you know. Uh, so I, I, you know, I think it's good. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very pleased with them. Jackie, you've got uh, last one to round us out. Last pick. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, Baylor. Um, Interesting. And it was tough between Baylor and BYU, but I think Baylor, it brings Texas, you know. It's always good to have yeah. some Texas team in there. So, but no, but no TCU. They're in Dallas now. I might have taken no, TCU over both those teams. I like TCU is such a weird. It's such a weird school, and that's I, fair. And I like, what know. are they without Gary Patterson? We don't Baylor. know. Yeah, makes sense. Makes exactly sense. open question. All right, uh, I'll go ahead and say my ten teams here. USC. So I picked USC, Texas. Notre Dame. Those are really the three blue bloods there. And then in the next tier, Florida, UCLA, Clemson, Washington, uh, Nebraska, and then really the ones I feel like we're stretching were Michigan State and Ole Miss. Uh, Greg, do you want to share your 10 teams? What did you end up with? Yeah, so I've got Bama, Georgia, Michigan, A&M, Florida State, Oregon, Tennessee, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech. Jackie? I have Ohio State, LSU, Oklahoma, Miami, Auburn, Iowa, Penn State, Utah, Arkansas, and Baylor. I'm actually really happy with that. That's a good, good list. Yeah, yeah. These are not bad lists. So these are, we, these we, are all good lists. This, yeah. yeah, this is a good exercise in thinking about well, the top 30 brands in college football will be the ones that uh, survive all of this and get a bunch of money off of it. Are there any any teams here that you know sort where we have that 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 we didn't pick up here that you're surprised um and that you think might fare better in a new environment where you know they might be picked up by 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 a, a network or a league or something um uh, i don't know i think tcu is up there because louisville. dallas 
Louisville, maybe. I think at this point, it's the basketball schools yeah. that uh, you're looking at. Kansas. Because uh, nobody's football Kentucky. team moves me in terms of like yeah. what they're going to bring to the table. However, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky. Arizona. <laughs> all of them have basketball teams. Yeah, and Arizona to a much lesser extent. Uh, and I like Arizona, but they're not close to those three teams in terms of national brand. Uh but those are the teams that I think could bring value from a basketball standpoint. Yeah. Not as much as a good football program would, but more than the rest of these football programs would. I think football program-wise, I would throw in Arizona State, uh, giving, given their position <laughs> next to next to Phoenix. Phoenix is yeah one of the largest markets in the country. Um, that might be enough to save them, but I'm not sure who, like, I guess Ole Miss. I, maybe I would have taken Arizona State over Ole Miss. I don't know. Jackie, what are you saying? Uh, uh, football schools, I mean, maybe North Carolina State. Um, uh, yeah, North Carolina State is, like, the only one that's really jumping out to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the only one that's really jumping out to me as a football school. Uh, yeah, well, and, and, you know, markets, too, right? I don't know. I think mm-hmm. a big part of this has been markets and brands, and uh, certainly – missing out on the chicago market northwestern now northwestern was probably not a brand that everyone's going to go with and they have their commitment to football is is weird notre dame owns the chicago market that's true that's a good point completely forgot about them um they are they probably do have that so you're right wherever there are catholics there are notre dame fans <laughs> like if, if you are i'm really really upset with myself for forgetting that notre dame existed i know if you are a white catholic Carlos. in this country you're like in the in the back of your brain you're a notre dame fan <laughs> you at least have watched notre dame games before no matter yeah. how little you watch football yeah for sure That's and if right. you're not a notre dame fan or not a white catholic you've still seen tons of notre dame games yeah yeah like after Ohio State, I bet they're in the top five of, at the very least, of, in the top five in terms of ratings annually. Oh, they're top two, I think, actually. I wouldn't be surprised. I, it, yeah. uh, the, the chart I looked at, looked at, it was Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Texas were like the top three in terms of viewership. That sounds, that sounds um, right. And Carlos got two of them, so uh, yeah. good on him. So uh, I thought so that was an interesting exercise. Probably gives you a sense of which. I mean, yeah, we're just valuing them, but I feel like we're not. Uh, we're, we're doing this based on what people's perceptions are of these programs and what we know about them. So uh, hopefully that was interesting. Should, certainly was like, okay, who's you know after you go past the first the top first twenty brands, it gets really really hard, right? Um, uh, okay, so I have a bit of trivia that I thought I'd engage us in a little bit. Um, I was looking this up, you know, a conversation, a big part of this is like viewership. I mean, not not the exclusive part. Otherwise, I think uh, Oregon would have gone off the board before UCLA and maybe maybe even USC if viewership were the only part of it. But it is a component. Uh, and there was some Twitter discourse I saw going around like, well, you know, viewership and the SEC and the Big Ten are really buoyed by Ohio State and Michigan and Alabama. And, you know, without them, would they have as much viewership? I went and looked this up um, and found a listing of the most watched college football programs in 2021 based on their uh, the average number of viewers per week for a 12-week season. Uh, I was kind of looking at this. The top 25 programs um, are uh, – th- There's top. There, I'm looking at the top 25. I think this goes all the way. This list, I've got it. They ranked it down all the way to 110. Um, the top 25 programs uh, average 1.27 million or higher. Um, 
I'll tell you that uh, do you all. This is not the trivia question, but do you all have a guess? There's only one Pac-12 team in here. Do you have a guess as to which one it is? Oregon. It's Oregon. Yeah, Oregon is number ten. Um, they uh, finish number ten. What I wanted to ask you all is, uh, there are seven seven Big Ten teams in the top twenty-five in viewership per week. Um, we were kind of there was a discourse around does Big Ten have enough? I was wondering if you all could name the seven Big Ten teams who are in the top twenty-five in average viewership from twenty twenty-one. Ohio State. Ohio Michigan. State is number one at 5.22 million. Hold on. Uh, Ohio State is number one at 5.22 million. Michigan, number two at 4.74 million. Penn State. Penn State, number four at 3.87 million. Wisconsin. Uh, then... Wisconsin, number 11, 2.41 million. Really? That's surprising to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Michigan State, number eight, 2.89 million. Uh, let's see. After that, Nebraska. how many do we have? So Iowa. Far? How many do we have? Ohio State. Michigan, you all said Michigan State, Michigan you all State, said Penn, Penn State, State Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and then Iowa. Iowa, number 20 at 1.64 million. Uh, Are you actually, serious? Because Iowa was like, that's shocking. You, nobody watches them. Nobody wants to watch Iowa. That's their They're top like, 20. Their top 20. They finished ahead of Boring every, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Every, yeah um, okay, actually, uh, I miscounted. There's actually two more in the top 25 in two more in the top viewership. 25 yep let's go with purdue purdue number 21 1.63 million <laughs> one more one more well, all they probably right benefit um, from like two games when they were behind <laughs> yeah because they beat <laughs> they beat good teams that's why i said them uh yeah um one more one more. Who could it be? Minnesota? Minnesota, number 24 mm, at 1.28 million. Man. You guys did not get, <laughs> either of y'all got one wrong. Um, so that's pretty good. Uh, just missing 26, Indiana. Um, they are the, they, they, they have the ninth highest in the Big Ten, and they're number 26. Can you, can you two guess which one was number 20, 22 in the Pac-12? Uh, sorry, number 20. Which... <laughs> Uh, which Pac-12 team had the second most viewership in the league every week? Utah. No. Utah really? was number 37. See, I thought Utah's numbers got skewed UCLA. up. UCLA. The Sport Pac-12 account used to tweet it. Uh, uh, is it UCLA? It is UCLA at number 29. Yeah. Is number two. Mm-hmm. USC. Think... USC is uh, finish, it, it was number 32 in the country at 1.1. 1. 1. Well, 1. they were just so bad last year yeah. like utah they, they, yeah. they finished they did finish ahead of utah and utah just finished one spot ahead of washington this include championship game and bowl games no i don't think it did yeah yeah the rose bowl like, would skew that in yeah. my mind i know i'd seen one where oregon was ahead of utah utah was ahead of ucla and that was the top three but that was a postseason one of average viewership and it was not it was not uh regular season so this makes sense yeah so brutal stuff i mean i really it's like uh there are eight big 10 teams in the top 25 to just one pack 12 team they uh, it really is not just it's it's not just viewership being skewed by the top brands in the in the leagues it's top to bottom uh, they're very very strong i mean i think i think that's a part well, of yeah, it because i mean, I mean yeah. ohio state plays those teams you know and so those teams have that one massive game. 
Yeah. And they also play Michigan, and so those teams. There have was also a competitive. Game. It was also a pretty competitive Big Ten last year, I think. Yeah. Um, like there were some I weird think... wins, weird losses across the board. So each of those games were pretty interesting independently of themselves. Whereas like the Pac-12, there were no interesting games because USC was crap and. Um, Everyone was crap except for Utah and Oregon. Yeah. I will say uh, Wisconsin, uh, Ohio State did not play Wisconsin, just so you all. Okay. Well, yeah, Wisconsin, but they went, where did they finish? Like 13th, you said? 11th, yeah. 11th, um, yeah. So Wisconsin, though, they're a name, but like for a team like Purdue, they're on there exclusively because of the teams they played, not because of who they are. Yeah, possibly. All right, well, that's it. Um, that was a, both fun exercises. We got a lot off our chest about <laughs> – the Pac-12 and its future and what's going on with UCLA and USC. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm very curious. It's all going to be, it's all going to be very, it's fun. It'll be fun for now. Uh, and then when it's all over, it'll be very, very bad and horrible. It's, so. it's going to be two weird years. <laughs> the Pac-12, yes, like gonna it's going to be bizarre because it's, yeah, it's going to be weird. We'll see how it all goes. All right. Well, thank you all for listening once again. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this. We are probably not going to be back back here until we start our previews, probably. Um, if we do, I guess it'll be... We're going to do an emergency podcast if Oregon and Washington get uh, sucked into the Big 12, any uh, Big I 10. I think we've got time on that. Well, that will be the death of the, of the Pac-12. I think that's officially. next summer. Yeah. yeah. Could yeah. be next summer also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, for... Avery, who is not here, and Matt, who is not here, go follow them at Brave Grapes and at Note Pit Stops. Uh, thank you to Jackie for coming on at JackieTao1. Uh, for Greg at Banana Morphs, I'm Carlos at Equity Bruin. Thanks for listening. Who knows for how much longer? Maybe two years. <laughs> uh, for now, <laughs> there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Not even. What about the two? UCLA and USC. <laughs> uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> In the coffee's kicking and my patience are wearing thin Said I'm lonelier than a single sax on a quiet city street